Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Forging the Path. My name is Adam, and Forging the Path, this, this podcast, it's all about helping men become the men that God created us to be. And we do that by fixing our eyes on Jesus, developing a band of brothers around us, and really like eliminating, I mean, for real, waging war against things like isolation, distraction, and passivity. Uh, as, as men, as fathers, as husbands, we just, we don't want to make any room for those things in our lives. And we want to become everything that God created us to be. And we want to really see not just our own lives, but the people around us, their lives changed and blessed as a result of all of this. This episode today, short one on the book of Joel. Uh, I have several interviews coming in the next few weeks, which means next week and probably the week after, we probably won't have any Monday morning interviews released, those, those longer episodes, which are really fun. Thank you for your patience. Uh, as, the, as the new year kicks off, I'm just trying to get a couple things in sync with that. So we'll, uh, we'll continue forward with these shorter Friday episodes. Right now, we're focusing on the minor prophets. Last week, my daughter Charlie joined us uh, for uh, just a quick conversation about the book Hosea. And, um, and that, that was really, that was just adorable. So sweet. Uh, I love that kid. She actually, she actually dropped some really great wisdom and shared some, some pretty cool insights. So if you haven't heard that, check it out. Um, and uh, let me know what you think. If any of these episodes are an encouragement to you, please spread the word. It, help, help us get the word out there to more people. You can give us a five-star review on Spotify or on Apple. You can go to Instagram and follow Forging the Path. You can share us on social media. You can just tell friends about us too. But uh, I would love to see this podcast actually get some legs and touch hundreds and then thousands of lives. Um, that would, that would, that's kind of my prayer. Anyway, going into the book of Joel, um, the reason we're going through some of these minor prophets, and then we'll go through some of the major prophets. Major prophets are the longer books. Minor prophets are shorter prophet books, all in the Old Testament. From my experience, a lot of church-going dudes, a lot of Christian guys don't really dig into these books. They, they stick with, you know, probably Genesis and Exodus, and then they stick with like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and, and maybe some of Paul's letters. And so I, I just wanted to, and, and I'll also throw in there maybe the Psalms and the Proverbs, uh, just from my experience in men's groups. Those are the common books that guys will go through. So I wanted to give these brief overviews on the Old Testament prophetic books because we need a prophetic edge to our witness today in our culture right now. We, we desperately need it. And so reading these books, knowing these books well, uh, I think is, is just a great resource and tool for us. So the book of Joel. Joel is, uh, you know, Joel's a, he's an interesting dude. His uh, prophecies are short but direct. His book only has three chapters and he describes God's coming judgment as an invasion of locusts. Um, 
several different kinds of locusts he goes on to describe. It's, it's a really terrifying image for any, any country in the Iron Age. He's warning the people that God's judgment is coming. Uh, he's probably best known, actually, Joel is probably best known in the New Testament for prophesying the, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, which happens in Acts 2. And Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, gets up and gives this amazing sermon, and he quotes from the book of Joel about how in the last days I will pour out my Spirit on everyone, young and old, men and women. They'll dream dreams, they'll prophesy, and that prophecy was fulfilled at Pentecost and is still being fulfilled as we're living in the season of Pentecost as a church. The, the Holy Spirit is still operating in the fullness of, of these beautiful gifts. Um, and all too often we shy away from the gifts of the Holy Spirit, especially prophecy. But um, that's, that's a really cool fact about Joel, that, that Peter quotes him in his first sermon in the book of Acts. Joel's name means... Uh, Jehovah is God, or um, you know, the Yahweh is God. And uh, the funny thing about it is, there's really no clear indication as to when this book specifically was written. Joel quotes from a lot of other prophets of Israel, and he doesn't really accuse Israel of any specific sins, except maybe drunkenness. He does talk about drunkenness in the first chapter. He assumes the reader knows by experience or has read enough of the other prophets to know what Israel's sins really are and why God's judgment is coming. The main focus of the book of Joel is this this phrase, the day of the Lord, the coming day of the Lord, the great and terrible, or the the great and dreadful, or um, phrases like that, this day of the Lord. That's the major theme of the book. And... um, and he describes not just judgment, uh, you know, for, for Israel, but he he talks about the judgment of nations for their crimes, especially their crimes against God's people. And so, there, uh, you know, there appears to be a little bit of a parallel between Israel being attacked and God's people today being persecuted. Uh, but the message seems to specifically be sent to the nation of Israel that they would repent. And so that's my first practical takeaway uh, for for this book, that uh, it is clear that very often in the book of Joel and many of the other books, uh, there is a call to humility, to repentance, to fasting, and to praying. And I don't know if, if we take that very seriously today in in many of our in many of our churches many of our ministries there's something about returning to god with prayer and fasting and repentance that that actually moves his heart and um, there should be individually and collectively rhythms of prayer and fasting among god's people and um, we should be eager and quick to repent when the Holy Spirit calls us to it. Uh, so practical application number one that I'll just share from the book of Joel, repentance is beautiful. Don't avoid it. Um, when the Lord 
taps you on the shoulder, when, when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of your conscience, run to Him with every ounce of your being. Don't hesitate. It only gets worse. And, um, and, and the Lord, this is just something about it. He, he actually responds when His people return to Him and repent. It moves His heart. And I don't know how that all works itself out with a sovereign, all-powerful, uh, all-knowing God, but there is something very biblical about His people moving His heart when they humbly return to Him with weeping, repentance, prayer, and fasting. Um, that, it's just a beautiful thing. The other takeaway I'll share, I just touched on it a little bit ago, but uh, this, this is such a beautiful you know, section that Peter quotes in Acts that Joel says in chapter through, uh, chapter two, rather, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And we are living in those days, friends. We are living in those days. And, uh, all too often, there are Christians that I meet that don't eagerly desire for these things to be manifest in the church and in their lives. I'm talking about prophecy. I'm talking about dreams, visions. I'm talking about that really cool Holy Spirit stuff. And I'm not saying that it should be, you know, happening like every single day, you get a word from the Lord. I'm not talking necessarily. I just, I just mean that there should be some sort of desire in God's people for those gifts to be manifest and made known, and it would be a blessing to the church, and it would be a powerful witness to those outside of the church to see the Holy Spirit do what only the Holy Spirit can do. And sometimes you have to press in with prayer in order for God to really entrust that gift to his people. So that's, that's my other takeaway for you. Um, we are living in a day where the Holy Spirit wants to give people those gifts of prophecy, visions, and dreams. So ask him. Ask him for it and be ready to receive. Uh, okay, last takeaway. I had a conversation with Cadence. Because she was listening as I'm just driving around town and I've got Joel playing on Audible. And uh, she's like, man, like the day of the Lord, it, it's, shouldn't it be awesome? Why does it sound so terrible? Why is it described as, as dreadful and terrible? It, it should be awesome. I can't wait for the day of the Lord, she told me. And I was like, hey, that a girl. That's awesome. It is going to be an amazing day for those who know Jesus. It's going to be awesome. But it's going to be terrible for many people who reject him and people who throughout the ages have rejected him. And I tried to tell her, like, think about, she's been asking me such great questions lately about why there's wickedness, why there's evil, why God allows the, the pain in his world that he allows. And there's going to come a day where every evil thing will be brought to justice. And that, 
that's a scary thought if you are one of those evil people. So that's why the day of the Lord is actually very dreadful and yet also very awesome. And even for Christians, like I'm excited for this day of the Lord, the return of Jesus, the, the end of this age and the beginning of the next, which Joel is talking about right here. And it's so funny because I'm actually going through the book of Revelation in my own personal study and prayer time. And I'm just getting really excited for Jesus to culminate this side of history, this side of eternity. Um, But I'm also sobered into thinking like there's, there's for real justice and wrath that people will have to face. Those who have not trusted him and, and, and think of all the evil people throughout history, uh, kings, murderers, rapists, like there's, there is a, a reckoning, a dreadful day. There's definitely a reckoning. And so I was telling Cadence and I was like, honey, you should, you should kind of feel a peace about a God that is so just and so righteous. Um, I know it's sometimes hard for some Christians to imagine Jesus, you know, treading the wine press in his, in his fury and bringing justice to the nations. But think about the cross. I mean, the cross is the perfect example of where love and justice meet. The cross isn't just a symbol of love. It's just, it's God's wrath poured out on the sins of the world that Jesus took upon himself. So God doesn't just wink at sin. He doesn't just sweep it under the rug and say, ah, I'm a loving God, don't worry about it. Like these things will be brought to justice on that great and terrible day of the Lord. And so that's the book of Joel for now. I mean, as fast as I can possibly do it in my own humble way, a couple of the takeaways I'll review once more. Number one, uh, God loves when his people return to him and repent with humility, with prayer, and with fasting. Anytime that they see sin in their lives, that's how they should respond. That's how we should respond. It moves his heart. Number two, we should desire prophecy, dreams, visions. The Holy Spirit is being poured out on God's people. There's a group of Christians who don't believe that this stuff happens anymore. That's that's not biblical. Um, So, to embrace the gifts of prophecy, uh, dreams, visions, and ask the Holy Spirit for more of them. Number three, the day of the Lord will be terrible for some people, and that should inform how we live. I don't want it to be terrible for people. I, I actually want to live my life in such a way that it would be very hard for people who know me to end up in hell. I want to live my life in such a way where people who know me would have a very hard time ending up in hell. I want the day of the Lord to be awesome and great. And um, that's, that's just my prayer. Um, we can either have God's wrath poured out on our sins at the cross where Jesus took it all for us, or there will be a coming day where justice will be served, a day of reckoning. And, um, and I just, I want, I want as many people as possible to to choose the cross, to choose Jesus 
and have the coming day of the Lord be amazing, wonderful, and awesome. Thanks for listening. Uh, Tune in next week. We'll continue going through these prophets. And in a couple weeks, we'll be back to some of our interviews on Monday mornings. Thanks, guys, so much. (laughs) 